0: Hi, and welcome or welcome back to the r flag Means what again podcast where i explain analyze and critique hbo max's hit show r flag Means death created by david jenkins my name is courtney and in this episode i'll be discussing the sixth episode of season two titled calypso's birthday aka girl the pacing this episode was written by zaji ferrer and directed by fernando frias Eek, my man anyway on to the episode so, we open up in a lighthouse, and someone is being tortured, and we find out that Ned Lowe is the torturer dude. The one, the people that weren't, like, knee-deep in our flagging stuff Twitter when the show was being filmed for season two, you won't know this, but when we got those photos of the lighthouse, and everyone's like, oh my god, they're gonna have a lighthouse kiss. They said, no, wrong, incorrect, no, you're not. It was Ned Lowe torturing someone, and he's the torturer dude they were talking about. Um, when I saw this for the first time, this episode, I was like, Ned Lowe wants to be Tobias Budge so bad. Like, he wishes he could. He could never slay like him. That man was turning people's intestines into instruments. Ned Lowe is just some basic bitch torturer. Like, he wishes he could be Tobias Budge. For you guys that aren't Hannibal girlies, I'm talking about Hannibal the show on NBC. Go watch it. Fuck Brian Fuller, though. Anyway, back to our flagging staff. Ned is torturing this dude because he wrote in the newspaper that Ed broke his record for most consecutive raids, which he's pissed about. And I'm like, that's what Ed was trying to do when he was like, oh, we got a record to break in episode one. Like, how was I supposed to know that? If only they kept some scenes in, like explain the tallies on the wall. You know, in that scene in the trailer? Teaser? One of them. Where he throws the knife at Izzy and it hits the wall and shows all the tallies. If only they kept that scene in, then we'd be like, hey, what are those tallies? And then he'd be like, oh, it's because I'm trying to break a record. Wow. Crazy how things work, huh? Anyway, the newspaper dude tells him, yo, I can tell you where he is. You don't have to torture me. He's like, oh, I've been tracking him for ages. I know where he is. Like, ah, Ed's got fans. Wow, love that for him. We get one of the weakest title cards in my opinion now the title cards are flagging and stuff are still amazing this one is one of my least favorites of the season maybe i should rank title cards like after the season is over i'll rank the title cards from this season then i'll rank the title cards from both seasons yeah i'll do that i'm writing that down so Nedlo continues to torture him because fuck it why not and he's like slicing and dicing this man making him scream and groan because he's creating music he's weird like that like again he wants to be tobias but so bad and the title card is his violin case like the our flag means F title wedged into his violin case not wedged but you know what i mean written on his violin case as like he throws skin from the dude he's torturing on there he plays the violin i'm like why is that not surprising like no shade to people that play the violin but you know in shows why is it always like when there's like a serial killer or someone they like play the violin or the cello like mm, y'all being typecasted y'all being called out maybe that's something about you i don't know a beautiful scene like the scenery is so beautiful the way the clouds looks like gray not gray but like green gray and yellow it's so beautiful i don't know if that was real or one of those like high-tech not cgi or green screen you know that new thing they have the thing that is it a soundstage? It's not a soundstage. The thing that the Mandalorian uses to film their show. That. I feel like it was either that or it was actually like how this guy looked. It was probably the other thing though, the technological advancement thing. Yeah, Ed is looking out to see. He's back in his leathers. Amen. Thank God. My goodness. But it's like, how long was he on probation? You know, they don't tell us shit. They said, I don't know, girl, guess. Where they like, turn off your brain don't assume i don't know don't think about shit just enjoy the show and it's like well yes but also no like can we get specifics on like when this happened he's back in others how long has it been you know since the probation how long did the probation last they said, don't worry about all that. Anyway, he's looking deep in thought, fine as hell, looking out to sea. And of course, here comes Israel Basilica hands to sour the mood. Yes, I had to use his full government name because I don't fuck with that man at all. He comes up to him and he's like, oh, look, at Scowly face. Ah, oh, scratching your eyes out through the screen. And Ed's like, oh, look, you're talking to me again. And that little head roll he does, like, okay, you ate that one thing. He's like, he's so sassy. He's like, yeah, okay. And he's like, oh, I thought you were roach, actually. And he, like, starts drinking. I'm like, damn, this nigga been drinking a lot. Like, he has been drinking a lot. Like, yes, they acknowledge it, but it's only, like, scratching the surface, like most things in this season. He literally just went up to Ed because he thought he was roach because he's drinking so much. Was that a little racist that he thought that man was roach? Arguably, yes. Like, hmm. Cause they don't even look the same girl what anyway they said don't think about that either this man is not coping well and that could have been an interesting thing for them to explore you know his denial anger and the toxicity in his refuel to move on the bitterness of realizing he's in love with ed well, blackbeard and the blackbeard he has in his mind and not taking it well but they said nope you're getting a redemption arc we're stuck with this bullshit okay and if you think i'm reaching or doing too much ed literally says my god you are putting that shit away like yeah he's been drinking a lot even ed notices hello they said don't worry about it it's unrelated to the trauma sure jan okay ed grabs the bottle and also takes a sip and then he apologizes for his leg like it was a bad apology half assed. he's like oh sorry about your leg and then he walks away but i'm like it worked i wasn't upset about that Cause their relationship is a little strange, and Izzy's like, "Fuck off!" As he leaves, like that's their thing, you know. But but but, my thing with Izzy's whole drinking that he got going on. Now you could be like, "Oh, but what about Ed? He been drinking too." Ed is a recovering alcoholic. Like recovery is not linear. That's his thing. Like the audience can infer that from Ed. Now, would it be nice if like they made it more obvious? Yes, but. It doesn't take that much math to be like, okay, he's still going through it a little bit, you know. But Izzy, they said, yeah, he's drinking a lot. They acknowledged it, like, once or twice. And then they said, oh, but he kind of fine now. It's okay. He's good. He's just drinking a lot. No other reason. Just because he wants to. Like, okay. Archie tells the crew a story about her being inside of a snake. And I can't remember if that's real or not. No, it is real. Because she's talking about how... It was her birthday, that's why she like crawled out the snake because when she popped out, they were like, surprise, happy birthday. She is so strange and weird and off-putting. And if the writers put more time into like developing her character and her relationship with Jim, she would be one of my favorites. But they said, nope, fuck that. We're going to stuff the season full of new characters, barely develop them, only develop some of them very well. Forget our original characters, screw all arcs, development, and plot lines. Just focus on the vibes and like, okay, that's how we got this season. Like, I was gonna say no shade, but no shade, huge shade because what the hell? How do we go from season one to season two? You know, like, let me not. That's the whole. thing Let me save that for later so I can get through this episode. She's like, what do you guys do for fun around here? And they're like, oh, you know, we rage. Old one is like, yeah, we rage. And things like, mm, do we? I love him so much, Fang. That's a good man right there. Things like, I haven't crawled out of a snake in years. And Frenchie, I love him so much, he's a master bullshitter, like he can bullshit with the best of them. He's like, well, that's great because Calypso's birthday is right around the corner. And since we're all Calypso-ish and her birthday is right around the corner, we should throw a party for her since it's one of the sacred traditions. And the crew's like, yeah, yeah, totally. They are so unserious. I love them. See, I needed more of this in season two. They said, no, you're not getting it. Fuck you. And you know what? Okay. I see your spirit. It's nasty. Archie obviously knows they're bullshitting. She's like, y'all made that up just so you can throw a party, huh? They're like, yep. Archie's earrings, I don't know what they are. I think they're like swords or something. Or like, they look kind of like chandeliers. Not chandeliers, but like chandelier-esque. That's how they look like. They're long. They look kind of like diamonds. They are so cute. Like, I need to know where they got those earrings from. Because I need them. They're so... They like... They go so well with the leather look she's got going on because, like, it doesn't clash in a bad way. It clashes in a good way. You know what I mean? Steed takes Ed to a room where he put all his treasure away. He's like, oh, you know, I was stumbling over it and it was kind of ugly. But also, you're welcome. I sorted it out. And I'm like, season one Steed be shining through in certain episodes. Thank you, Reese Darby, for your work because you are one of the few Steed understanders left. David Jenkins tossed his understanding for Steve out the window. He said, I hate that man. Steve Bonnet is the first male character to experience misogyny from the writers. Like, that is now canon. Like, it's no longer an inside joke. It's canon. They said, uh-uh-uh. He's not femme anymore. He is a bitch and not in the way that's lovable. We hate him. How dare he feel emotions? And also, he's kind of a satellite love interest. Like, oh my god, this is so sick and twisted. Sick and twisted! Sick and twisted! Ed looks at the treasure and he's like, damn, so this is like a guilt room. All my guilt in one room. Steve's so like, damn, girl, like, don't think about it like that. Like, that's kind of depressing. But he's like, you could do something good with it. You know, turn poison into positivity. And I'm like, that is such a steed thing to say. Derogatory and positive. I love that man, but like, girl. But, we get Jim and, is it Old Oluwande? Or Archie? Not Archie. Frenchie? I think it's Jim and Frenchie. That, yeah, it's Jim and Frenchie. I barely get Any scenes of my core four together, like, interacting. They said, no Lucius Oluwande, Jim Frenchie scenes. No duos, no trios, and especially no quadros. I don't know. No quad groups. No more. This is so sick. This is very anti-Courtney, which is anti-black, by the way, and misogynistic and homophobic. So I hope you're happy, David Jenkins and crew. David Jenkins did not write this episode, but, you know, misogyny. You did this to me. I blame David Jenkins because he's the creator and one of the head writers. So, yeah. They're like, hey, captains, we're going to throw a party for Calypso's birthday. And I'm like, captain? So, Ed is back to being captain. They said, do not think of shit. We're not going to explain shit. Just go with it. And it's like, all, if only we had more episodes, yes. And a stronger budget, yes. But, 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 girl, the pacing write better. I don't know how to say it any nicer. Like, you could, I don't know, I don't want to say if they can't make do with what they have, then they're shitty at writing, because they're not shitty writers, so I don't know what's going on with this season. Like, what is going on? It's the pacing. The pacing was killing them in season one, yes, but it wasn't this bad. The pacing in this season is beating the ever-living shit out of them, stomping them to the curb curb stomping them getting a boulder not a boulder a block of cement and slamming it on their head and then kicking them in the balls repeatedly that's what you know the writing is doing to the pacing right now because it's very bad like ed's captain again they're fine with him again they said don't worry about that like at least it was like oh it's been a couple of weeks like just drop that line anywhere oh yeah you know it's been a rough couple of weeks like it's been eight weeks you know so it's like okay one month and a half or like two months You know? They said, don't worry about that shit. We are the writers. We will handle it. But you're not handling it, though. Anyway, I'm sorry for the rant. Back to it. Steed believes them, like, oh, you know, if it's a sacred tradition, then sure, why not? And I was like, dude, they're obviously fucking with you just so they can throw a party. And Steve's like, well, it might be nice, you know, still. He's like, we could use your treasure to go fund the supplies, you know, turning poison into positivity. And so they do exactly that. We get to see Prince Ricky again after how many episodes has it been? Five episodes. And this is supposed to be the main villain, by the way. They said, you are not going to see that man again until two episodes before the finale. Don't worry about it. He has now joined the Navy, question mark. He's in the Navy uniform. So yeah, it's not a question mark. He joined the Navy. His nose is gone. He's wearing this um thing, wooden prosthetic. Yeah, over his nose. And now we're doing flashbacks to this season because tell me why they flashback to him getting his nose cut off. He's telling them how the savage, racist pirates cut off his nose as he was minding his own business. You know, doing what white men do best, lie. And especially lie on people of color. Anyway, he's like, this is why we need to end piracy. Like, the way he did a full 180 because he failed at piracy, there's something in there about toxic masculinity. I don't got the words for it yet, but I'm gonna find it. It's there, but I see it. Someone comes up to him, one of his soldier people, and he's like, yo, something arrived for you in the mail. But, you know, not the mail mail. And it's a new nose for him. He's like, ooh. The crew goes to pick up their party supplies. It looks like at the Republic of Pirates, I think it is. I don't know where it is, but they go to pick up party supplies. Everyone's walking together. My family is back. Oluwande and Jim are walking closely together, and Oluwande wraps his arm around them. Ah! I won so bad. Like, being a teal orange Dan is like that meme that's like we're so back it's so over just every episode we're back it's over we're back it's over i feel like the show doesn't know if they want them to break up or not they're like no they're in a polyamorous relationship well show that well damn the writing the pacing girl they're there to buy supplies and ned low is in the corner by the way that dude that's playing the guitar that's ned low He's got issues. Like, my God, man, why are you following them? We know why he's following them, but still, it's weird. Like, act like you have some class. You're like, how old? Probably almost 50. Act like it. Ed goes up to these two kids and gives them money and knives. It's so adorable because it's Tyka's daughters. They're so cute. Anyway, he's like, oh yeah, that's more money than I had at that age. It's so sad. Like, ugh. Cause, you know, Ed was poor growing up. We all know this. But he's telling them, you know, anyone tries to take that money from you you know you slice them don't stab them because stabbing is what people get wrong you don't stab that's a whole mess you know it's a lot to do with slice like gut them and these poor girls are confused but they're nodding their head like okay sure chica's youngest daughter is like i want a knife because he gave one to his older son he gives her a knife now and steed comes over he's like did i just see you give these two children knives Backbullying and teasing as a love language that is steed and ed's love language that and getting divorced it's their thing that's how they show their love break up every like three to five months also like are you guys pirates and they're like no we're not pirates and ed's like no we own an inn i love him so much he just wants to be a trophy husband and have a domestic life like let him retire please i beg Anyway, they're like, no, we're not pirates. Don't do piracy. You know, get a job in the world outside of piracy. Don't be pirates. I'm like, damn. Like this, they're really sowing the seeds. Ed does not want to be a pirate. And some of you bitches want him to stay a pirate. Like he is depressed. Hello? Did we not watch episodes one through three? This man does not want to be a pirate. Season one, he didn't want to be a pirate. That man does not want to be a pirate. No. Him doing all these things in the middle, owning an inn, bar and grill and delicacy and other delights and fishing equipment and becoming a fisherman, that is whim type behavior and self-sabotage, yes, but he doesn't want to be a pirate. That's one thing for sure, like, you can argue about other things of Ed's character, the one thing you can't say is like, oh, actually, he does want to be a pirate, it's just that he wasn't having fun before, but now that Steve's here, he wants to be a pirate. No the fuck he didn't no the fuck he doesn't you just made that up Ricky is aboard the red flag having a meeting with Yi Sao and auntie and I'm like damn she working with him now I understand because like she didn't know I think she doesn't know that he's in the navy now or maybe she does I don't know but she's like buttering him up she's like oh let's just talk and he's like oh, I know exactly who you are pirate queen she's like oh you know let's not use words like blackmail Or Pirate Queen, you know, it's nothing like that. Ah! Rubo, her delivery, that's a mother right there. And her facial expressions, yeah, that's a real actress. People take notes. A lot of people need to take notes. He's like, Oh, I won't be blackmailed by you. And she's like, What? It's not even blackmail. And he's like, You're only talking to me because I'm a minor prince. And Auntie, I love her. She's like, And that's why we're blackmailing you. Like, yes, tell him. The thing is like, no, you know, let's not do all that fighting. We're just here to, we have common goals, you and I. That shit goes south and down the drain quick. We'll see the next episode. But we're not there yet. So let me stay on this episode. Wee John is getting ready, doing his makeup, and he looks amazing. Tell me why Israel Basilica Hands is there. And they're like, let's put him in drag. Let's him. Yeah, that's the character that makes sense. Ooh, almost some fell. Um, I see your spirit, everyone in the writer's room, and it's foul, gutter, but nasty. Why would you do that? They said, give Izzy all the traits of the other characters, lessen their screen time so then Izzy can shine through. Izzy redemption arc, unearned, yes. Poorly written, yes. Bullshit, yes. But we love him, so there we go. Like, Izzy being in Dragon instead of Steed was certainly a choice. I mean that in the most derogatory sense. But We John and Jim look fucking amazing. Like, okay, you did two out of three right. We John and Jim, yes, per sleigh. But Izzy? Really? Like, you could have done anyone else, and would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. But Izzy really? Okay, girl. Sure. Suspension of disbelief is high. Like they're really asking a lot from me. And I fucking watch buttons turn into a bird. That was more believable than whatever they got going on with Izzy's character in this season. Steed and Ed come on deck and they see the amazing stuff. Like, it looks so good. The lanterns and the purple, bluish, red, orange lighting they got going on. I miss my girl's wardrobe. Like, Steed looks so basic here. Why? They really de him. They de him and gave his Yoss sleigh to Izzy. That's what I feel like. That's what I feel like is happening. Mm-mm-mm. Against her will too. This is so sick and twisted. The crew are using his tub to make drinks. And Steve's like, is that my tub? I just like, mm, I don't know, girl. Like, I just got here. And Ed, I love him. He's a good man. He's like, oh, you know, the using of the tub to make drinks is a sacred tradition. And they're like, yeah, this guy's the God as fuck. Ugh. The writers. One thing about them, it's like... Okay, they might fuck up character arcs and the writing might be piss poor this season. But one thing about them, they got jokes. They said, we got jokes. And they do. And they hit every time. I'm sorry. I can't make the writing not funny. I think I've laughed more this season than I did last season. So at least they did that well, right? Jim is really feeling the party. They look so fine. Like, ah. Whoever was in the hair department said let's let vico's curls pop this season thank you for your service i thank you for your service and i don't think you know what you did for me like they really did that for me because ah, every shadow them looks amazing they said writing is horrible jim's character arc has been flushed down the drain but they're gonna serve and they did speak of the devil and he shall appear because izzy hands pops up in his singing and everyone's like i'm like damn And he's like, the way I did laugh when he's like, oh, just keep playing this song to Frenchie. Why is Izzy singing but not Frenchie? Why do you hate black people? Quickly, quickly, quickly. You're like, Quentin, that's a crazy reach. Is it? Is it really? Why is Izzy nasty, nasty, homophobe, racist singing? They said, oh, he reformed, reformed racist, reformed homophobe. I don't think so, because I didn't see any of that reforming. But okay, girl, you just told me, and I'm supposed to believe it. Show that shit to me. Like, damn, I don't know. Do your job. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me keep it classy. Let me keep it classy. Anyway, Frenchie's playing his lute, and Izzy, unfortunately, we got to listen to him. I feel like I'm watching the season finale of Euphoria again. I'm skipping this and skipping. Like, damn, it's still going. It's still going. You know, very much that vibes. The fact that they didn't have Frenchie sing... A solo or a duet with Ed why are why I why what and I, I, I'm i at a loss for words what is going on in that writer's room like what is going on I'm, I'm stuttering because I, I I don't know what to, I'm at a loss for words what is going on Deed and Ed not dancing together is one of my many villain origin stories from this season alone not even from this season from this episode alone like wow Every episode, I get a new villain origin story. Like what? Sick and twisted, nasty, dark spirited. But I take that back because we get Jim and Oluwande dancing. I am so back. We are so back. We won again. We keep winning. Now we take some losses, but we win again. For every win, there's a loss. Like this episode came, and I was like, we won, we won. And then episode seven happened, and it's like, huh. But then we got that article, and that was another loss from David Jenkins. But then we won again. So it's like, you see how we're we're so back, it's so over. We're so back, it's so over. That's what I feel like right now. But they're dancing together. They're so sweet and cute. And they're dancing with Archie also. So cute. I love them. Um, Fang and Roach are dancing. So that's where that picture came from, where Fang and Roach are dancing. And uh, the dip, I win. But then, boom, gunshots. Or explosion? No, it's like gunshots. Homophobic. Why are they breaking up this queer party? Nasty, nasty, nasty. Ned Low. when I get my hands on you, sick, nasty man. But thank you, Ned Low, because we get to see Ed covering Steed and putting him behind him. You know he was thinking of that time when Steed was about to be killed because of Izzy, by the way. I think the writers just forgot that. They said, okay, he sent Calico Jack to distract them from the Navy that was coming to kill them. Okay, Ed was almost killed before Izzy basically bought him. Okay, he almost had Steed killed. Okay, he didn't think of the repercussions of bringing the racist-ass Navy to the ship, you know, where the men of color are, the black men are, what's going to happen to them. He didn't think about that. They said, don't think about all of that. Think about how he got his toes cut off. And mind you, he got his toes cut off. The first time he got his toe cut off was because he was talking crazy. That's what you get. Talk shit, get hit, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Other times he got his toes cut off. Am I supposed to feel sorry for that bitch? I don't. Then he got his knee blown off. Not even blown off. Girl, that girl got shot. Like, he is okay. You never been shot before. You are a pirate. I doubt that. He got shot again because he was talking shit. He thought, oh, yeah, I'm gonna gag him with this. Gag this. And he got shot. Deserved. And then he gets his leg cut off. Was I supposed to care? Hmm? Don't. I really don't. So sorry. They said, oh my god. He's been through enough, hasn't he? No. But, you know, that's just the hater in me, maybe. Or, you know, it actually is kind of shitty writing. Off topic. Ned Lowe pops up and Ed's like, "Oh fucking Ned Lo, perfect. And Ned's like, yeah, I'm gonna torture you all. Ed and Steed are tied up in Steed's room together on the couch. And Ned's like, you know, we don't, you know, ever talk that much. I haven't heard much about you. And he's like, well, that's because I only hang out with cool pirates and the way steed looks at him and smiles because steed's included in there he thinks steed's cool i love these old gay men even though they literally get divorced next episode but let me let them have their moment right now ned tells him that he's there because ed broke his record and all men do is lie tell me why he's like oh i don't even know about your record i wasn't trying to break it i was just bored you literally said we've got a record to break in episode one all men do is lie Ned was like, oh, you're a basic bitch pirate, basically is what he said. He's like, oh, you got the beard, you got the long hair, you know, you got the leathers, check, check, check. And then he burns him. Nasty, nasty, nasty. And then he starts monologuing about his past, and Ed cuts him off. He said, let me guess, you tried to become a violinist, and your brother was better than you, so you turned to a life of crime. And the way you can hear a pin drop, and then Steve looks back, he's like, oh, shit, I think he struck a chord. He's like, yeah, it's usually something like that. Like, why are you guys kiki-king and laughing at this moment right now? Be so serious. Ned calling him a basic dirty pirate is crazy. I'm like, that's got to be racist. Like, why you got to throw dirty in there? That's, mm-mm, there's no need. And, you know, Ed talks his shit, too. He gets burned. Steve's like, okay, well, maybe don't, you know, antagonize him so you stop getting burned a little bit, babe. Let's think about that. And Ned goes over to Steve. Ah, oh, I wasn't so bad. Ed starts like, no, 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 it's me you want, you know, don't hurt him. Ah! They said, Courtney, we're doing this for you. He threatens to kill him as Ned is burning seed. I won, I won, I won. You say, Courtney, you were just talking shit about the whole episode. Yes, but in this moment, I am like on top of the world. I don't know what to tell you. There's wins and there's losses, okay? I can say, oh, they ate that one thing and also be like, the writing kind of shit over here, you know? Deck the crew is also getting tortured. Um, Roach is deeply unserious, but I love him. He's laughing. He's like, Oh, I don't think the torture started yet. Because, is <laughs> like, Oh, can you not? Like, you know, they have this head squeezer contraption around him. He's like, Oh, can you not? I'm tender headed. Ah! Thank you, Saji, for your service. Thank you for having him say that. I love that. He's like, Oh, I'm tender headed. I'm like, Ah! He said he's tender headed. I love him so much. Oluwande would be the type to be tender-headed like wow anyway Izzy is tied up with John. Izzy deeply unserious he said you know whatever this is it's just gonna turn me on like be so serious right now I beg you and that Hellcat Maggie yeah Hellcat Maggie she's like oh go fuck yourself <laughs> I love her they're still being tortured Pete and Lucius we haven't seen them in a minute because they've been enjoying their pre-honeymoon honeymoon And Pete's like, they finally are like, wait, hold on. How come we weren't interrupted? And they realize something's up. They're being tortured up there. It is, I can't. (laughs) Matthew, (laughs) the comedian that you are, him and Nathan, wow. Put them in more scenes together. Why didn't we have more Lucius Pete scenes? I don't know. They said, "Uh uh-uh, you're going to get Izzy. That's what you're going to get. You're not going to get Lucius Pete scenes we yes before y'all like we did we did i know we did but i'm like i want more the same amount we got in season one is that so hard to ask for like is that a crazy thing to ask i don't think it is seed and ed are back on deck and they're also being tortured ed's being stretched on those stretcher things the yield stretcher that they used during was it the roman catholic era i don't know you guys know what i'm talking about the history girls you guys know the thing that they would pull people apart on? That thing. I think it's it's not the elongator. It's something. Elongator girl, what is this? Dr. Doofenshmirtz? Like, anyway, that's the thing. He's being stretched. He's like, oh, you know, keep going, my back. <laughs> I think he almost fixed my lower back. He's a deeply unserious person, and I respect him for that. Steed is still being burned, but also hit. And Hellcat Maggie is tying him up. Ned is an awful boss he's like can you do that faster she's like do you want it done fast or do you want it done well he's like both and she's like yeah right and Steve's like oh I think you're doing a great job she's like oh thank you and he's like don't talk to the employees and Steve's like see that's where you got it wrong you see them as employees and not you know people with feelings and thoughts and he said girl shut the fuck up didn't say girl, shut the fuck up, but you know what I mean. I'm like, okay, parallels come through because back when we saw the crew first getting tortured by Ned's crew, they were like, oh, you guys having a party here? And they're like, yeah, we did a Calypso's birthday. And they're like, oh, Calypso's birthday classic. Our boss would like never let that slide. Like you see, Steed's people positive management style really does work. Now, if only we got to see more of it this season, they said, no, uh, uh, because why? Plots that are picked up and dropped. New characters on top of new characters and on top of already stacked cast. Not paying attention to other characters. Original characters with their arcs in development. Giving shitty, shitty writing to everyone in their mama. Well, most people in their mama. Lucius and Ed are fine. And Zheng Sao, she's good. And mm, that might be all. Fang. mm, Fang Kang about Izzy came out of nowhere. Yeah, I think it's just those two. No, those three. Yeah, that's it. Everyone else is at fuck you. Yup. Pete and Lucius realize that they have to rescue the crew. <laughs> I love them so much. Matthew and Nathan, their chemistry, amazing. And their comedic timing, like, put them in more scenes together. Season three, I beg. Pete is rushing around having Lucius hold on to weapons that he's picking up, like guns and knives and stuff and in a way he's like oh we really have to do something he's rushing and going back and forth and then he keeps stopping though he's like oh i feel so nauseous like it's really bad up there and lucius is like yeah but you know the best revenge is to just move on and tell their stories and pete's like we're not even at that place yet like we're in the pre-revenge we gotta help them Steed gets out of the rope that he's been tied up in. And he holds Hellcat Maggie hostage. And... Ned's like, girl, I don't give a fuck. Pete and Lucius finally come on deck. And they're like, ah! And they're like, no, it's fine. Steed's got it. He's like, okay. Um... Ned's crew... There we go. Why did it take me a while? Ned's crew flips it on him. They're like, you piece of shit. They finally had enough. So they jump him. And lucius and pete get congratulated on their engagement i love that for them i'm like yes per that everyone's like oh yeah you're engaged. but why were they not told this before this season is very much when like the crew don't talk they don't interact unless we've seen them on screen talk and interact they don't have interactions and talk off screen now you say but that's true that's how shows work yes but also no like build a sense of community like again season one how we could still be like we see some moments between them together, the crew and like, oh yeah, they're a family, all that stuff. But there's also moments that happen off screen that are referenced or like moments that happen off screen where we can assume, Oh yeah, they did this and that's why they know that and that about each other. You know what I mean? Zheng is still trying to negotiate with Ricky and she's telling him how like is it ninety percent? Yeah, she's like seventy five or like ninety percent of the treasure that they raid ends up on the seafloor and he's like, Oh my god, that is so crazy You know, she really hyping him up, getting in his head, fucking with him. Queen, girl, boss, slay, mother. Um, She's like, and that's why I need your help. And he's like, oh, because of Papa's access to the treasury. I'm like, okay, so this man has connections like that. Like, he's a minor prince, yes, but he's still a prince. You know what I mean? And she tells him that he can end piracy without firing a single shot. And then she lights her pipe and Ricky perks up just as she lights her pipe and says, shot. That's foreshadowing. Zadri and Fernando I love you guys I've never said anything bad about you yes I have but also no I haven't they know me so well like oh my god that's how you do cinematography that's how you do directing David Jenkins take notes no shade Mm, half shade screw time up and leave without him and he's like okay have fun you guys and then they talk about profit sharing on their way out this show is so unserious writers one thing about them they're gonna make me laugh Ned is such a petty little bitch. I love him though like he kind of ate that. He is so like it's giving childhood beef and by childhood beef I mean it's one-sided because Ed does not check up on that man. He don't know that man like that. He's beefing with Ed and Ed's like girl we ain't even talk like we don't interact so your beef with me is all in your head. It's giving delusional He calls him bland beard. Like, just taking petty digs at the man, like, it's really not that serious. He calls him lowborn and dirtbag. That's gotta be racist. Yes, it is, definitely. Steed not having it. He not gonna let him talk to his man crazy. I know that's right. Makes him walk the plank. I won so fucking bad. Because in real life, the real slave owner, Steve Bonnet, really did make people walk the plank. So I'm like, they put that in the show? Okay, Slay. I'm not even gonna get into the whole, they put that in the show and his birthday and all that stuff. Why'd you use the real Steve Bonnet? Because you guys know how I feel about that why they use a real Steve bonnet just come up with an original character it's not that hard or if you wanted to create like like if you still wanted to use Steve bonnet why i don't know change his name to make it so like it's not actually Steve bonnet you know what i mean or create a character inspired by him you know or explain like why he lives on a plantation because in the script of season one they have it say that it's the bonnet plantation so it's like so y'all keep that in? Like, what's going on? Put more effort, you know? Like, try. If you want to have this white man in here, try harder to explain things away. You know, be like, it's actually not this, than the third. Do your job. I don't know. It's not that hard to ask. You got 19-year-olds on Twitter.com doing a better job at explaining away all these stuff than you. Shout out to Duke on Twitter. Anyway, so Steve is having him walk the plank because he's an asshole. And... <laughs> Ned is not serious. Pe- it's like, be serious for a second. You're a grown man. Can you be serious? He's like, oh, that's kinky. Fuck all the way off. And this dude's like, works for spiders, works for men. He ate that one thing. Like, okay, there's like a little bit of cunt in his delivery here and there. Like, not as much as in season one. Or the only time we got like close to the level of cunt in season one was episode what episode is it episode five yeah the episode before this where steve gets the cursed quote quote suit and yeah reese Darby really put his darbussy into that one it's because see he has the drip he has the wardrobe he has the clothes back so it lets him feel that energy you know he can bring that level of cunt to the role but when you take away her clothes how is she supposed to act you know he's like you threaten my crew and you talk shit about my friend calling ed his friend is crazy like they're who said it it was duke that said it best he was like they kind of got like a situationship going on not really because i'm like they be calling each other friend literally in the next episode ed calls steed his friend and it's like what what do you guys think is going on like not like i'm asking you guys i'm talking like about steed and ed like what do you guys think is going on right now right here Because you guys are, I mean, they are friends, but they're also uh, not, you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, technically they are friends in like the sense of the word. But they're blurring the lines between romance and friendship. Let me find that tweet because Duke said it well. I finally found his explanation. He did say, yeah, it was a situationship in season one. Like, not together, not just friends, but a secret third thing. Like, they're not together, but also they can't be with anyone else. And also, Ed breaks up with Steed. And also, Ed... No, not Ed. Steed tries to stop Ed from breaking up with him. It's all the emotional labor of a relationship without the... He's so unserious. He said, it's all the emotional labor of a relationship without the sucking and fucking. And, I'm like, yeah, that describes it perfectly. Like, Steed and Ed are very... uh Complicated i would usually say they're two grown-ass men they need to get it together like how are you not like be so serious right now y'all are pushing 50 but this is the first time either of them have been in love and connected with someone this deeply and their first real friend so it's a lot of stuff at play you know what i mean they don't want to mess up their friendship and they're also worried that the other's gonna leave because i mean both of them have left each other many many times damn they leave a lot they're like oh babe i would never leave you girl that's literally i'm sorry that's one of their love languages leaving (laughs) that's not funny sorry steed the deadbeat (laughs) left his kids twice um one of those times he left you know he went to see leaving his kids he went back leaving ed and then he came back but ed left steed in episode what the episode eight there we go with Calico Jack because he did kind of leave him Duke was like oh was that kind of cheating I'm like no but if you if you squint a little and look to the side and like tilt your head and like zoom out maybe because like they're not together but they kind of are Ugh, they're so messy like it's both entertaining to watch and also like Cringe, not in like oh I can't believe they're like ugh, it's like cringe like ugh you know like things keep ha- it's like a car crash you can't look away from, but it's happening in slow motion and you just want it to be over already, but then things keep getting added on top and you're like damn, the car is still flipping you know what I mean, that's what it's like watching their relationship. I'm sorry. He walks to the plank and Ed's like don't do it you know you can't come back from killing the man in cold blood and Ned has to open his goddamn mouth. He's like, see, that's why he likes you, because you're like a pet, you know? You're not pure. You don't do... Damn. Golden Retriever. There we go. That's the best way I can describe it. I hate that. But, like, they're like, oh, you're like a Golden Retriever, you know? You're so innocent and far removed from pirate society, and that's why he finds you interesting. And if you kill me, he'll, like, lose interest in you. And he is so sick and twisted for that. Like, why would you say that to him? He has several mental illnesses. He's literally neurodivergent and a minor. He's not a minor. But you know what I mean. Leave her alone. She's just a teenage girl. He's like, so you're going to push me or what? And Steve's like, nope. And he's like, don't forget your violin. And he throws the violin at this man, send him into the water. He ate that. Is this going to traumatize him for life? Yes, but he still ate that. Thank God we finally get a good use of flashbacks. We get a flashback of that time that his dad chopped off the head of the goose and also called him pathetic i'm like this is the flashbacks we should be seeing we should be seeing one new flashbacks or two the only old flashbacks we should be seeing is if they're trauma inducing aka steed's flashback with the goose and his dad and literally nothing else unless it's an ed flashback of him killing his dad but those i don't know about those flashbacks too much like uh we don't care but they shown us flashbacks to like season one episodes that we've seen like okay we've seen this girl You've seen this, there's no need, we know. Or they're showing us flashbacks to episodes in this season, we've lost it. No more flashbacks, you're cut off. I hope you're happy because season three, I don't want to see no more flashbacks. You're cut off because you don't know how to use them properly. Crew is cheering and hyping him up, but this man is obviously visibly unwell. He's like, I'll be in my room, and Ed goes to follow him. Izzy is speaking, he's like, Oh, let him, you know, deal. First time killing someone is always rough. Like, why is he the one giving advice? They want him to take everyone's role in the ship so bad. Like, oh my God, am I reading an AO3 fic by an Izzy apologist? I don't want it. I'm sorry. I love gay people. <laughs> that wasn't because I'm like, oh, I hate Izzy. Oh, that must be homophobia. No, I'm saying I love gay people because I was like literally next in my notes. They're celebrating. And just to check on C. He's like, sup, how's it going? You know, my first time killing was crazy because, you know, it was my dad. And he's talking about how chum and killing his dad was even though he was abusive you know he still feels a type of way it was still his father and also he was a child and he killed someone all that working together yeah that fucked him up i won so bad because i'm like we don't not that we barely talked about how traumatizing it was because we saw season one episode six but i'm like let's talk about it more you know like That scene of Ed killing his dad is to Ed what the scene of the goose and Steed's dad calling him pathetic is to Steed. That's how I feel about those two scenes. Those are the only two flashbacks that we should be using, like old flashbacks. Give me new flashbacks if you're going to give me flashbacks, you know? Steed is not listening to none of that shit. He pulls Ed in. Steed is obviously crying. By the way, if you didn't realize, he's using sex to cope. Unhealthy, but these Negroes can never healthily communicate. It's always one step forward, 18 steps back, and they're getting divorced. In that order, by the way. Izzy singing while they're about to fuck is my nine You're like, it's not that serious. Yeah, it is. Because why do you hate me? Why is this? I'd rather be smacked in the face with a brick of cocaine than have to see that shit again. Has it against the bookcase? Is that the bookcase? I don't know what it is. But anyway, Ed nods for him to continue, per consent. We love that. And they make out Izzy is singing while they're about to fuck. (sighs) That was certainly a choice. Roach lighting fireworks and them celebrating, and the purple fireworks in the background as Steed closes the curtains and Ed is on the bed. They're literally woohooing. My sim girlies? Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. It took me a while to put it together. I'm like, they're woohooing. This is so crazy. The crew singing together at the end was so beautiful, even though Izzy was also there with his voice. Them cheering one more song, that was also my 9-11, my second one. A second plane has hit the Courtney Towers. Because why, this is so sick I was like, my eye twitched. It really did. I was like, okay, so you do remember Ed singing his song and the crew cheering for one more song for him after Izzy basically hate crimes him in his room and told him, that he needs to be killed and needs to kill himself because the way he's acting is nasty and sick and twisted and depraved and he's a little bitch boy crying over his boyfriend and that he's a sissy you're like oh you're doing too much credit he didn't say all that but he did though didn't he he basically did and then threatened to kill him they said okay we remembered the crew cheering for ed so let's parallel it not by having the crew cheer for ed again as he sings with frenchie but let's have izzy sing instead to show his development like girl all that did was piss me off thing about izzy's self-betterment arc is that i don't think i'll ever forgive izzy or believe it at least not until the show acknowledges his fuck-ups like he was doing and saying some racist shit and like whether the writers intended it or not because i know you guys are always like oh my god that dm from alex sherman he said it wasn't their intention he is a white man You think I'm gonna listen to a white man's intentions on whether or not something was gonna be racist? Was supposed to be read as racist? No. And even if like the writers of color were like, no, it's not supposed to be racist. Like I'm still interpreting it that way. You know what I mean? And his homophobia, they said, oh, he cool now. It's okay. So it's like casual. Like, no, he didn't earn that. We didn't see him earn that. And I'm supposed to feel bad for him because he regrets pushing Ed. So they say, but where is that shown? there's no fucking lead up to that realization he literally called it a wild dog this season this man has not changed and i feel like he's that it's like his writing right now is giving that one white kid from school that's all grown up and was vile to the kids of color but now he's changed and realized the error of his ways and we're supposed to forgive him because fuck our drama right like he good he's like oh my god he's no longer racist and a bigot and homophobic he's changed okay where's the change like also even if he did don't have to forgive him is that projecting no that's just me calling out the writing being like do better hello and another thing further evidence of my season two is used just a bunch of different traits and roles of other characters why the fuck was he in drag instead of steed you know the gender non-conforming femme gay man who loves dressing up why was he singing instead of frenchy the fucking musician The man that brings us into the series by singing about piracy. He's literally there with his loot. They couldn't have had him do a solo or a duet with Ed. It wouldn't have been like awful. Like, hello? It would have been a full circle moment. I mean, the show loves these. They love it down, especially this season. They had the crew cheer one more song for Izzy as a callback to episode nine. Again, where Izzy basically told Ed to kill himself after he sang. He told him he should have let the English kill him and that he's better off dead and that he'll kill him if he doesn't stop being himself. So what do you think that means? Basically telling that man to kill himself or shape up and he will kill him if he doesn't shape up. Them cheering for one more song is my 13th reason right? Like, oh, they do remember episode 10. They just don't care that Ed was hurt and Izzy still hasn't acknowledged it because he's changed, you guys. It's okay. And he feels bad and he also lost his leg. Hasn't he suffered enough? just fucking coddling the racist white man sure okay anyway yeah sorry about the rant not sorry but you know i do love this show it's why i'm so like oh, why would they do that like not to sound like a parent i'm not mad i'm just disappointed because they could do better writing for izzy and other characters mainly Steve, jim and Oluwande. it just feels lazy and half-assed you know what i mean yeah so that was this episode thank you for tuning in Go follow me on Twitter at Mrs. Teach All Capital M R S T number three A C H and on Tumblr at Lottie Matthews C E O. All lowercase L-O-T-T-I-E-M-A-T-T-H-E-W S C E O. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. <laughs>